Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always with Kyle Price. Kyle, what's going on? Not much. Excited to get uh, another new coach underway here. Yeah, we've been doing this show for about six months, give or take, and we are already on coach number two. It didn't take very long. I didn't think I'd be around for coach number two. We, we started this podcast <clears throat> right before training camp, and here we are. Season just ended. Fired coach first year. Rinse and repeat. Go Browns. <laughs> um, Championship. Big news. However, from the last time we recorded, the Browns did make their decision. They officially hired Kevin Stefanski. The Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator who just got completely walloped in the uh, NFC divisional round over the weekend by the San Francisco 49ers. So we essentially just took the scraps. I kind of feel like the Browns were just patiently waiting and said, whoever loses, we'll take them. Yeah, I mean, what was the harm in waiting one more week? Uh, You know, it's funny because the Browns preach not urgent. I mean, they, they preach urgency for the team. And turning it around, which obviously you need to be urgent about that. But they also acted like they're going to really drag this process out to make sure they get the right choice. And then the rumors I heard is that it was between Robert Sala and uh, Kevin Stefanski. And as soon as Kevin Stefanski's team's eliminated, hired on the spot. Right. And then, so you think, okay, maybe they didn't want to waste any time. They wanted to get the staff in here as soon as possible, get going. And then Kevin Stefanski today, they ask him about his coordinators, and he's like, oh, we're not going to rush this. We're going to take our time. So <laughs> This was, yeah, I, I think that they just rushed your decision. You were, I mean, we, I think we joked around last week and stated that you know, whoever loses gets the Browns. I, the I, think I, I think we did say that. I think I joked and said, if, Stef- if the Vikings lose on Saturday, Stefanski will be our coach on right, Sunday. Right. Sure shit, what Absolutely. happened? <laughs> I, think we just need, I think we just take a joke and just it's going to be something the Browns do. That's the fucked up thing. Is like, I, yeah, we say something that we're like, this should never happen. This and is a professional sports team. And then they do it. I am I am really really shocked that again once again the entire fan base gets hoodwinked because we all basically I I would say at the end everyone I was fully convinced it was going to be Josh eighty percent of the fans thought it was McDaniel's too we had we had plane trackers in this guy we were tracking his flight we were tracking like a LeBron esque you coming home or you fired John Dorsey because you knew Josh McDaniel's and Dorsey would never get along Paul D Podesta's contract was coming to an end. So it looks like maybe Jimmy Haslam's not going to renew that contract. You're you're starting anew. Yep. They sent the private plane for Josh McDaniels, which don't get me wrong, they probably sent it for I all the other cor- all the other candidates too. But this one was bigger. When I asked Stefanski, they went to Minnesota and interviewed him. Well, yeah. The, when when the team's in the playoffs, you yeah. have to go to them. Yeah. So I think yeah they they flew to San Francisco and met with Sala. They flew to Minnesota. They flew in McDaniels. They flew in Brian Dable. They flew to. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, and you know poor, poor Eric Bieniemy, man. I Dude know. Can't get a I mean, after that job. fucking performance on Sunday, and that guy's the one that's unemployed this off season, and yep. solid too, which is the fucked up thing. Look at those teams. You have arguably the best offense in football, right? Kansas City Chiefs. Their coordinator didn't get touched. Nope. You have arguably the second best coordinator in football, Greg Roman, didn't get touched. You have the best defense in the league, George Sala, didn't get touched. Yep. You have a middle of the pack. Offensive coordinator in Minnesota. Hire him. Hired. Get him. We, that's our guy. <laughs> that is our dude. Um, so we not, not to the, the dartboard and whatever face it landed on. We we're going. But yeah, with. not even looking. Not even just the Browns. There's Matt Rule or Matt Rule in uh, Carolina, who I think was a horrible hire, and he should not have been hired over enemy. He should not have been hired over Sala. Um, Joe Judge, the new coach in, for the Giants, 
possibly a good hire. I guess he's a very, very highly respected special teams coordinator for the New England Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots have one of the best special team units in football, um, but you, still a gamble. Did you see the guy that the uh, Panthers just hired as their offensive coordinator? 30 years old. Yeah, he 30. looks like he's developing an app. I think he plays uh, Fortnite quite yeah, he's, often. I heard he's good, too, actually. Uh, Joe Brady, leaving LSU to become the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. is 30 years old. Bigger. Youngest in the league. Youngest ever. That's um, going to work out. Yeah, I mean... Hey, who better to learn under than what just happened at LSU, let's be honest. That's true. But yeah. at the same time, the NFL is a much different breed. You're not playing against guys who are going to be selling cars next year. You know what I mean? Uh, well, Only yeah. Only a few. <laughs> what if they play for the Browns? Yeah, because yeah, they'll get cut after yeah. calling people crackers on the internet. <laughs> um, quick breaking news. We'll get into this way more later, but uh, the MLB is not fucking around when it comes to cheaters. Red Sox have mutually parted ways with Alex Cora. Wow. So he is canned. Uh, you know, like I said, we'll get wasn't into he, that. Wasn't he the uh, whistleblower? No, he uh, he was he was the bench coach, I think, or he was he was a hitting coach, something. He was, he worked for the Astros. But didn't he like spill the beans after like he left? No, no, he I, went and used it in Boston. They won the World Series his first that's year there. Right? Yeah, he he just went and cheated too. Man, so so now the Red Sox are under allegation or under investigation, and they think they're getting out ahead of it by getting rid of and them. And it's more than likely the MLB is <laughs> going to crack down and catch them. So the the Red Sox were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" So he is canned. Which is hilarious, but at the same time, it is what it is. They're they're never going to go back and replay the World Series. They're never going to go back and, and, and pull a title away from a professional team. And I understand that, but at the end of the day, uh, it is funny to me to know that they cheated for championships. And I, I told you this yesterday, we were texting. I would gladly, I would be so happy to listen right now to the radio and they say, Tito Francona has left the Indians. And I go, well, shit. Thanks for that championship two years ago. Right. I'd be more than okay with that. Sure. Get me a championship. Look at look at Ty Lue. I was just telling you that article I read. Ty Lue did an interview today because the Cavs are playing the Clippers, and Ty Lue is now an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Clippers, and he, he still feels like he was done wrong by the Cavaliers for his firing. And he's like, you know, I won, I won the first championship in this city, took him to the finals two straight years, and then six games into the next season, I get fired. So he's still bitter about it. I kind of thought that they fired him for medical reasons. Yeah. Because like, he, he, he'd been in but wait a minute. rough he, shape. He he took him to the finals, and he won the championship? He's giving himself all the credit. Oh, let's not forget who was on that team. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, LeBron did a great, had a, had a great, unbelievable series. But there are other guys on the team that the coach has to get in the right position and Tyler make sure wasn't the even right the head place. coach on that team. That guy played on the, on the court. I know. He was a player coach. <laughs> And that's why six games into without LeBron James, Ty Lue got fired. Yeah. <laughs> so he still feels dirt, uh, bitter about it. But like I said, you know, give me a championship. I don't give a fuck what happens to the coach afterwards. Sure. Like Ty Lue got fired. He is literally the only championship coach I've ever seen in the city. And they got, when they fired him, I went, eh, whatever. Who cares? Like, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, and, and nothing against Ty Lue. I mean, he, like I said, he got us our championship. But that's just I'm willing to sacrifice these things because I went through horrible years with the Cavs. Decent years with the Cavs with LeBron, horrible years without him, and then a championship. I would, if I have to live through that again, that's fine. If I get a championship out of it, instead I'm I'm suffering through these terrible years with the Cleveland Browns and <laughs> and some terrible shit with the Cleveland Indians, and I'm getting nothing out of it. So yeah, start cheating more, Cleveland teams. So that's the goal is just cheat. That's, yeah, okay, absolutely. Right. Look at the. Do you think the Patriots fans, when when all the shit comes down eventually, where players start whistleblowing on Bill Belichick, you think they're gonna go? Well, boy, I don't feel so good about those championships. Take anymore. his rings away. Yeah, not one fucking person is going to feel bad about that. So I, I know I wouldn't, and I can't blame him. So cheat. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's true. But anyway, yeah, so back, back to the coordinators. Got out on a little tangent there, but that's okay. Um, 
The Browns made it official. Kevin Stefanski, the the one-year full-time offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and because we live in a world of comparisons, everybody just wants to compare him to a guy that fits their their agenda. Mm-hmm. So the newest, the first, the, the, the naysayers, which I want to I go on record right now. You're I have na- nothing against Kevin Stefanski. You're a naysayer. I just don't trust the rest of the Browns organization as, as a whole. I don't trust Paul DePodesta. I don't trust Jimmy Haslam at all. So with these guys in charge, it any move they make, I am going to be skeptical of. So they the naysayers are comparing Kevin Stefanski to the just recently fired Freddie Kitchens. Took over for a guy to be part-time interim offensive coordinator for a few games, just like Freddie Kitchens did. After we fired uh, <clears throat> Todd Haley, then gets immediately hired into being a head coach. So very minimal uh, offensive coordinator experience, less than a year. Kevin Stefanski, barely a year in a couple games. I think they fired their previous offensive coordinator. I can't remember who off the top of my head, um, but they fired him with like two games to go. I think it was John Filippo. Yeah, it was. So they fired John Filippo with like in like week 14. Kevin Stefanski took over as offensive coordinator for the rest of the season. Then Kevin Stefanski was the full-time offensive coordinator for the 2019 season. And then he gets hired as a head coach. And they wanted to hire him last year, too. And yeah, that's the, the rumor. <clears throat> the Browns were ready to hire... Paul D. Podesta, should I say, was ready to hire Kevin Stefanski last season before they made the decision to hire Freddie Kitchens. I'm surprised he didn't like video conference his way into the meeting today from you know. No, San he Diego. was probably pissed. I heard that he actually had a surf tr- uh, trip planned for the morning and he had to fly in from uh, san diego oh no he was pretty pissed. that's why he was in such a bad mood today his hair clearly he, was, he didn't even do his didn't hair. even bother yeah, yeah he was ready to go it. to the beach yeah. he had his wetsuit on underneath that uh, suit he, he wore so today pissed. you could yeah. tell he was upset he i guarantee he didn't stay the night probably he did took, the math on it too he's already back in san diego oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, he, he analytically <laughs> made sure he could make it there and back today um but yeah so the browns decided to hire kevin stefanski again and and, and there's a lot of comparisons to freddie kitchens because you have a guy that has you know barely a season of being an offensive coordinator. However, there are some good things that come with Kevin Stefanski from around the league. I understand I've never once seen a head coach get hired and players come out and go, that guy's a fucking idiot. Have you ever seen anyone badmouth a hire before? Uh, no. Until after they get canned. Correct. So Kevin Stefanski, of course, is getting talked up amongst everybody in the league. Every ex, or not ex, but every current Viking that he coached for, Nothing but the best. He is apparently we're getting, you know, the reincarnation of Tom Landry, Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick. They all fucked, had a baby, and it's Kevin Stefanski. According he to looks just saying. like him. He does. He does look like. I mean, I'll give it to the ladies. It seems like a lot of ladies are interested in looking. Yeah, at I him. showed. I saw just the picture of. Yeah, and he, she's like, ooh, can we go to more games? My only Let's question though is, do women think that he actually looks good, or is it just because we had to look at that fat tub of fucking candy kitchens <laughs> all season? No, man, I think it's the I think it's the pepper and uh, salt and pepper oh, beard he's got beard. going on. And, hey, you know, you know, I, I'm not gay, but he's he's not a bad looking dude. I'm not, it was I'm a not straight not up GQ photo shoot yesterday. It really was. It, it, it pissed me off. It's like really, we're we're taking these photos on the fucking runway, and he's like, and he, in the back like here, hold this football, act like you're doing something. The football oh, here we need you on the field yeah Prote- toss one to yourself How about right go fuck yourself let the guy do some work <laughs> hey you hired him let him work um but yeah so the, the, the good rumors that come with him are for whatever reason paul de podesta sees something great in this guy um so they were willing to hire him last year on top of that there were rumors this year that said if things didn't go very well this season with mike zimmer there were legit rumors inside the building in minnesota that they were going to let Mike Zimmer go, and they were just going to promote from within Kevin Stefanski to be the head coach. 
Again, just a rumor. I don't know how much weight it carries, but still decent rumor to hear that the Vikings, who are a perennial playoff team, have a really good core in place. They were willing to move um, move on from Mike Zimmer to Kevin Stefanski to run that team. So, you know, good praise. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. It wasn't either one of ours first or second choices, I believe. Right. But, I mean, the more you look at it, I mean, it could <laughs> – as a Cleveland fan, it could be worse. I mean, we could – they could have made some really bad choices, you know. And I'm not saying Stefanski is the right choice, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm being optimistic, you know. I want to yeah. see – I want to see what this uh, complete alignment – that's the new uh, catchphrase this season is complete <laughs> yeah. alignment. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see who we bring in as GM. That's a huge thing. Uh, I know there's Andrew Barry that's up coming in this week, and I know the dude from um, – is it uh, – from Minnesota – that's really yes. close to Stefanski's uh, coming in too. I forgot his first name, Peyton. Yeah, Peyton. But name. and the thing about him is he never takes interviews. Like he's turned down so many I've heard, yeah. and he accepted this one. So I'm kind of curious to see what that brings. And th- that just again goes to show you the type of person that Kevin Stefanski must be. Sure. Because like you said, Peyton wouldn't take interviews anywhere. He was like, I'm very content here in Minnesota. Right. Everything's good. And then apparently him and Stefanski are pretty tight. Yeah. So Stefanski leaves and says, hey, you know, we'd like to have you come interview for this job. I would maybe like to work with you. And this guy goes, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, so. So, I mean, again, I'm not getting hyped. I'm not going to do that again like I did last year. No, and I'm the same way. But I'd be slightly optimistic. I think that, if anything, I love the fact that he already called Baker. I I mean, I heard that today. Yeah, yeah, he did his press conference. He called Baker right away, and I love the fact that he's trying to reach out to these players. Yeah. He might want to call Odell and tell him to stop passing out money to college players, but we can get into that later. But I I like the fact that he reached out to Baker and, and already had the conversation with him. I think he can do well for Baker. I think he analytically knows what his strengths and weaknesses are. And I think he's going to tailor an offense that works for Baker, which is I'm, I'm excited for. Agreed. And I, I did like that he reached out to everybody. And I also kind of like that he, in a roundabout way, he called out Odell Beckham Jr. today, which I don't know if you caught that one. Oh, the, you know, I'm okay with personality, but you have to perform something like that. No, before that, they oh. actually asked, they said, you know, last year during voluntary OTAs, um, like voluntary, wor- voluntary workouts, they said Odell did not show up. And a lot of people were like, you know, you should probably be here. And Stefanski said, he kind of, with a smirk, he said, well, they're voluntary. And he goes, but obviously the the earlier you're here, the more we can work on our schemes and things like that. So we like everybody to be here. So he kind of said it with a smirk of like, obviously you don't have to be here, but he kind of made it known, you fucking better be there. Right. So I kind of hope that Odell shows up. And to be honest, we, I, I'm not blaming Odell Beckham for the failed season that we just had at all. So sure. don't, don't take it this way. But I do look at it as if this guy is doing this shit on the side, like like you just said, he's he's handing out money at the LSU game. Uh, Jarvis Landry apparently had like a meltdown, deleted everything off his Instagram, which I still don't understand what that it, was about. It boggles my mind. He tweeted a bunch of shit, but it seemed like he's almost more focused. He literally kind of made it out like he said. I forgot exactly the tweet verbatim. It's not really that important, but in a roundabout way, he basically just said that. You know, he's been in the league for like five years. He said he's only been to the playoffs once. You know, he's sick of every year watching from the outside. He's ready to get it done. So I almost think he deleted everything to kind of be like, fuck the outside noise. I'm just here to win. Fresh reset, start. Reset yeah, mode. Reset. Let's go. Let's focus. Let's get this team on the next level. And then you have a guy like Odell Beckham, who's of course uh, a, a diva, who's of course, you know, center of attention, whether he wants to be or not, he kind of put that on himself. So no matter what he does, the media spotlight is going to be on him. Right. So that's unfortunate, but it's just, it is, it is what it is. So if he is not going to show up to the voluntary workouts again, just being myself here, I would probably look into getting rid of him. If I'm being honest, trading Odell. Yes. 
He yeah. had a disappointing season. We had a worst record, worse record with him on the team. Again, I'm not blaming him for that, but we proved that this offense can move without him on the roster. And if he's going to do this again and not show up and not get involved, because I think a big time part of this issue was timing. Our, our, our offensive timing was so fucking off all season. And maybe it does play into what um, Todd Munkin was saying before games, how he would go and tell other teams that Freddie Kitchens just throws away the, the playbook for the week and starts going rogue basically halfway through a game. Obviously, if you're calling plays, these guys haven't practiced in a long time. The timing's going to be off and the NFL is a huge timing based league. Um, like I, I saw Baker throw an interception where you could tell it was a pure timing play and Jarvis Landry did not get, get there in time. I think it was against the Ravens. Baker just took it. He, he took the snap three steps through the ball. He just did what he was supposed to do. You could tell he didn't even look at who was going to be there. You're just supposed to trust your teammate. Jarvis Landry pulled up a little light on the route because I think he was afraid of taking a shot and it turned into an interception. Okay. It's a mistake on both of them. Baker should maybe look, but again, if it's a timing route, you don't have time yeah, to look. You just one, trust two, three, your guy's going to be there. Yeah. But that was a timing thing, and I understand that's Landry and that's not Odell Beckham, but that's just something that is an example of how coaches or quarterbacks and players and, and the receivers need to be in total sync. Right. So, uh, you know, I hate to say it, and, and if Beckham has a good excuse as to why he's not showing up, that's fine. But if it's just to be, you know, oh, he's going to train elsewhere, this and that, like, yeah. just be with your fucking team. There's nothing that says you can't be there and, and, and build that camaraderie with everyone. Exactly. Especially with the fact that those voluntary OTAs are going to have all the rookies there. Yes. You know? And if you're so worried about training and things like that, you get to train with your team who is paying you, who, who you would expect to have top of the line everything you need. Yep. If you're training at home, you're more than likely paying for it. You're more than likely getting your ass kissed because... You're paying this guy, so yep. he's not going to be hard on you. Yep. I mean, he don't get me wrong; they're, I'm sure they're hard, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a, there's a huge difference. Be with an NFL strength and conditioning team. Be with your your coaches. Be with your teammates. Don't go rogue. Right. Well, there's a quote today that Stefanski gave when someone questioned him about the personality on the team, and uh, his quote was, "You know, personality is welcome, but your production is required." Yeah, which I, like I, that. I love it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can be who you want to be. You can be this big ego, and I, he dealt with that. I mean, we don't know the ins and outs of the whole Thielen and Diggs thing, but he. From the outside looking in, it seems like he managed it. You know, he was able to get through it. Yeah, that they there was a there was a point where the Vikings looked down and out. Because yeah, because the Diggs Kurt, wasn't getting touches and shit like that. Kurt, yeah, Kurt Cousins was was playing like shit. Yeah. He was playing like everybody kind of expected him to play, and that was resulting in a lack of touches to Adam Thielen, a lack of touches to Stephon Diggs, and the the offense was mainly focused around uh, Dalvin Cook, which rightfully so, he was dominating, had an amazing season. Um, but then the the wide receivers, because wide receivers are divas, they want the ball, they want the attention, which I don't I don't blame them. If you're good, you want the ball. Um, so Thielen and Diggs started kind of voicing their opinion about how the quarterback needs to get them the ball, and they were very blunt about it, and kind of threw Cousins under the bus, which, you know, not the best thing to do. Like, I would be pissed off if Landry and Beckham went out and called out Baker, do that behind closed doors, right. but it worked. If that's their method of doing things, it worked, because at that point, I was like, holy shit, the Vikings are imploding. Yep. And then they turned it around and they went to the playoffs and they won round one. They they eliminated the fucking uh, Saints. The Saints last week and a, a shocker, Frank. Uh, well, trust me, we're all shocked. Frankly, I picked that team. Uh, yeah, not not a good week for Kyle. Bet again. Uh, but <laughs> thank God he took the Saints and that caused me to take the Ravens and then the Ravens lost. So I was 
just as happy to curse the Ravens right out of the playoffs. <laughs> I'll take full credit for that. But, uh, uh, but no, back to the point, though. Like I, I, I think that I'm saying it speaks volumes. Again, we don't know what was said behind closed doors yeah. or how Stefanski handled it or what part he had in that entire thing. But it seems that it, it blew up to a point and then it just went away. Because I kind of assume that when it comes to a situation like this, and I've never been in an NFL locker room. I mean, I have technically, but like a training camp. But I've never been like around players in one, I should say. Or while there are players, they're doing shit and coaches. And I could imagine this being a type of situation where this is something that this gets out in the media. This causes a little bit of a stir inside the locker room. Mike Zimmer has a coaches meeting. Tells Kevin Stefanski, you're the offensive coordinator. Those are your guys. Deal with it. Yep. I don't think a head coach is going to micromanage like that. I think a head coach is almost just going to say, if this is your side of the ball, defense, offense, deal with it. Yep. So I like to think that this was maybe Kevin Stefanski's issue that he resolved or even got, even if he got some help from maybe Gary Kubiak, maybe he got some help from a veteran, an older coach, whatever, then he was still able to be a part of it and kind of get learning experience in that situation because there are huge, huge egos and huge personalities in the Browns locker room. And that's my biggest worry because as I was saying earlier, I kind of got off topic a little bit, but it's okay. We're going to be talking a lot of Kevin Stefanski today, so get used to it. Um, but but a lot of people are comparing Kevin Stefanski to multiple things. The naysayers are comparing him right to Freddie Kitchens. Barely been an offensive coordinator, um, very inexperienced, and you're just giving him the keys to the fucking castle. Uh, the other thing that worries me about Kevin Stefanski, this is a big thing brought up by naysayers, he's only worked in Minnesota. The only other guy people can compare him to are the people that are trying to excite the fan base on this guy. Do you know who I'm going with? Kyle Shanahan? No. Mike Vrabel. Oh, Vrabel. Oh. Dude, so, I fucking love that guy. I love Mike Vrabel. I'm a, I, as I said before, I think I talked about it on the podcast, I'm a huge Eddie George fan. Sure. Favorite player of all yeah, time, yeah. hands down. Um, so when he played for the Titans and the Browns weren't here, Titans were my team. Yeah. Every video game, I'm the Tennessee Titans. I was always the Titans. I know that team like the back of my hand. Frank Wycheck. Yep. You got Javon Kurse. You've got uh, Kevin Dyson. I loved the fucking team. Steve McNair. May he rest in peace. Uh, we had them all. I love that team. Um, so, uh, you know, I was enjoying watching the Titans beat up on the the, the, the Ravens the other night. But, but Mike Vrabel, he he played for New England. He played for a bunch of teams. Played in Kansas City, whatever. Uh, went to Ohio State. And then he went to Ohio State to be a coach. I think he was like a linebacker's coach, whatever. He, he did a little stint there. Yeah, for like um, a year or two, yeah. Then he took a job with the Texans with Bill O'Brien. As again, I think he was linebackers coach for a year or two. Yeah, and then he got promoted pretty quickly to defensive coordinator within like his first two years in the NFL. I think he is. He had already become a defensive coordinator, which is impressive. That's that's huge. Sure, and he's still very young. And then from there, two years or not even two years as defensive coordinator, head coach Tennessee Titans. So he's that's turned, impressive. He's, he's turned the team around down there. Immediately turned that team around. I mean, I think they've been above 500 every year since he went there, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, or at least 500 or above, I should say. And they've done it with a pretty shitty cast, if I'm being honest. If you, if you look at the Titans on paper before every season, like, look at us week one. Easy win, right? That was an easy win. Browns Horrible. were going to fucking kill him. We have it on tape to say that we thought that too. 100%. Yeah, so not to say that, you know, the Browns weren't just fucking awful, but they lost to the Titans, and that was with Marcus Mariota, who I've always hated. I've never been a fan. If you would have talked to me before that draft, my uncle and I, he he and I get into huge arguments about this quarterbacks. Is he, this is the Uncle Tom Hicks? This is him, the infamous Uncle Tom Hicks. Yeah. So this all stemmed back to the 2002 draft, or 12 draft, I'm sorry, Andrew Luck. 
Browns had the third pick that year. I'm, t- I'm sorry. Browns technically had the fourth pick that year. And at the time, Colts the number one pick. They were taking Andrew Luck. No brainer. You couldn't trade anything in the fucking world to get Andrew Luck. Number two pick, St. Louis Rams. They had Sam Bradford. They weren't drafting a quarterback, which in retrospect, they probably should have, but it wouldn't have been Marcus Mariota. Or I'm sorry, that that year was RG3. So they traded, they they took a haul from the Washington Redskins who traded up to number two to take RG3. He and I argued that whole fucking offseason before the draft because we were so desperate for a quarterback. That's what the Browns do to people. They yep. fucking ruin families. He's literally a family member and I was pissed <laughs> and he and I used to go for fucking hours on end about how just stupid he was and how fuck RG3 and this and that, like back and forth. And they, they traded up, they took RG3 and so he and I argued about that. Rewind or, or fast forward a couple of years. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. I think it's safe to say Jameis Winston's probably the better quarterback. Not by much. It's not really a compliment. No. But he's the better quarterback of that class. And that was another thing we got into. I kept telling him Marcus Mariota's not a very good quarterback. I don't think he'll be good in the NFL. Boom. Marcus Mariota gets benched this year. They bring in Ryan Tannehill, giving him a second chance. Playoffs. It's funny reading some of the tweets that Adam Scheffler, I think, put out there on Twitter after they won some of the not aged well tweets about people just throwing Tannehill under the bus and the Titans right. organization under the bus. Like it's just funny rereading them. And you know, Tannehill's not a mind blowing quarterback. Hell, no. he threw for eighty eight yards. In he that is game. the definition of a game manager. That's what he is. He's a hassle back to the to uh, the Baltimore Ravens when they won the Super Bowl that one year. Hundred percent. Yeah, he just manages he's a game the clock. Management quarterback, and that's it. But when you have a six foot twelve. Uh, Henry running the fucking ball. I mean, what Who's else are you going to do? a fucking beast. He Dude. only gets better as the game He's, goes on. Yeah. It's funny. I was texting my buddy Bo, and he had mentioned... Actually, not texting, uh, on Facebook. And he had even mentioned, he's like, he gets better as the game goes on. Yeah. And that was at, like, halftime. And then coming out of the half, the dude goes off for, like, That's, 60 more yards. That was my yards. thought. I, I was thinking there, because I watched the game at my house by myself, and I'm watching, I'm going, if the Ravens can get into halftime with the lead... Or I'm sorry, the Titans. I'm like, it's going to be a tough game for the Ravens to yeah. come back because they're going to just run that fucking clock. Yeah. And the scary part is the Titans actually had a little bit of a drought in that game where they they were going three and out a couple times and had to punt, but the Ravens just couldn't do anything offensively. They were the Titans played such a bend but don't break defense because if you look at the yardage, Lamar Jackson put up historical numbers. It looks like like he had a great game, over 120 yards rushing. I think he had like 300 plus yards passing, but most of that came. In, in the middle the of the half. field and and his other yeah. end zone too. When when the Rave or the Titans said, "Fuck it, we're playing a prevent. We're up by two and a half scores. We're backing up. We're not going to kill ourselves because we have another important game next week. So we're just going to kind of let you get these yardage. And then when it's time to buckle down, we're going to buckle down. And I think they did a great job. And they just showed that coaching from Mike Vrabel's perspective is so fucking good. I'm sorry that that play calling from him against Belichick was I'll never I'll never not think of that best. when he he wasted like two minutes of game time just he because he could out a rule and said basically said to Belichick use one of your fucking timeouts if you don't want the clock running right and then and Belichick had nothing he and then he, he, well, just, that, he let the, it go. The, the New England player jumped off sides which kind of reset the whole thing he could no, have done it was, it was the Titans guy he he, he false start on no purpose. no but the other no no but there was a guy there was a play like two plays later where New England went off sides and they said that he could have done it two more times if he wanted to because it kind of I think it like reset the number you only let it no, do it like it three was, or four the, times after a penalty the clock would have stopped under five minutes right so what the what the Titans did was they went out and they took a delay of game. I saw that twice. You can't go. You can't go delay a game back to back because that would have stopped the clock. Right, then they did a false. So they start. did a delay a game. Let the clock go down to one. False start. 
Then they went down, did another delay a game at about like I think five fifteen left on the clock. Yep. And then the clock wound up again, and then you know forty seconds taken off for the punt or for the play clock. So yeah, they were into like you know four minutes and you know yeah. forty seconds. Two, I think like take. I think two minutes or whatever he wasted. It was doing so that. fucking smart. And it was Belichick. Was Belichick. Was so it's the same thing Belichick did to the Jets early in the seeing season. Seeing him yelling at the officials and the officials were like, "Call a timeout. This is illegal. What are you going to do?" And and Vrabel's just standing there in the sideline with a smirk. Oh, it was so fucking great. I loved. It. I fell in love with Mike Vrabel at that moment. Uh, that's that's what made me like him too. And then last week, um, and I mean he's a Buckeye. So, well, that too. But I mean, then last week him. they caught him on the sideline like telling uh, one of the. Baltimore Ravens players to shut the fuck up and play. Yeah. That was perfect. I love it. He's just such a no-bullshit coach, and that's what I want. And that's that's kind of why I wanted a, a Robert Sala. Yeah. I want that. I'm the, I'm the kind of guy, I may what is working now in the NFL? Don't get me wrong, Bill Belichick is the blueprint of what you want for your organization, for your coach, for your GM, everything. Okay, I get it. Um, However... Bill Belichick is a take no bullshit kind of guy, and that's what I wanted. When we when we hired Freddie Kitchens, I was so excited because of the the season we had just had that I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is great." In retrospect, I'm not saying he would have been the better hire. Greg Williams probably would have made me happier. We probably would have had a better season with Greg Williams, and I was against Greg Williams. So I don't want this to be one of those. Oh, here's another Greg Williams guy. But I'm just looking at it in terms of that guy didn't take shit. Freddie Kitchens just seemed like he all he did for a living was take shit. I just can't wait for somebody from the Browns to get cut here on the offseason, and it's like a tell-all tale of everything that took you know, place. I almost feel like we don't even need it at this point. I just, really, I, a- I just want to see how bad and how horrible those weeks of planning. Because I look at it as he's, he was only here for one year. It's embarrassing for the organization, so they try to just yeah. forget about it. Same was Rod Chudzinski. If If a player comes out now and says like let me tell you a little bit about, bit about what happened with Chud in charge are you really going to care yeah. five years after the fact no me it's personally, true I don't I care just, I would love to know just how dysfunctional it was we all know how it was dysfunctional but like, you hear the written out rumors you hear like the, the tidbits about you know they have a whole plan for the entire week they get to the game the first drive if you notice most of their first drives of amazing. every game were amazing yep and then they basically said that out right they said after that it all went to shit yep. because he started doing I said his that own every, thing every week I said look at how God. great they are in the first drive and then when it becomes time for Freddie Kitchens to actually have to coach, wheels fell off every fucking time. And that's the one thing I think Stefanski, again, not getting my hopes up and just being optimistic, that's where I think he will have the edge yeah. is being able to know I hope because how to manage a game. I don't want to be the naysayer, but again, this is all red flags. He is a fucking clone yep. of what we did last year with Freddie Kitchens. Sure, sure. We have a first-year guy, barely an offensive coordinator. You don't know how well he's going to manage things because he's never done it before. But at least he wasn't a running backs coach and then an offensive coordinator for only a couple games. I mean, he, he was, at least ran a very high-powered offense for an entire season and uh, got them into the, the playoffs season. and got them into the playoffs. Most of the season. Well, I'm just saying. But, no, I, I do agree with you. Very successful. However, when did the Browns' offense look its best? Last year, 2018. When Hugh Jackson got fired and Freddie Kitchens became the offensive coordinator. This was such an innovative offense. You know, it was great. And then when it's time to run it by yourself, the wheels fell off. Which, again, different people, completely different situations. I'm not comparing the two, so I'm not going to hold anything against Kevin Stefanski because of that. I'm just I'm just pointing out the similarities between them because you also have... Uh, fuck, I had another point. Now it's slipping my mind um, about the first year thing. Oh, today in his press conference, he wouldn't confirm or deny if the he's going to be calling, calling plays. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think I want this fucking guy calling plays. However... Freddie Kitchens was OC. I don't remember if Freddie Kitchens called plays when he was the offensive coordinator off the top of my head. I truly don't. But I don't think Stefanski was calling plays in, in Minnesota. 
So I don't think I don't know to be honest. I'd have to actually you don't look think, into that. Wait, did you say did you just say Stefanski wasn't calling plays? I'm not sure. I'm asking. Do you as, know? As an OC, I would assume he's the one that called the plays. Unless it was Mike Zimmer calling the plays. I guess I will never know, huh? Well, I thought Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy. I think he was playing a defense. Yeah, I don't know. We have to look into that. I, I'm really not sure because that's that's huge. I mean, if he's already yeah, had I, I really more than a full that, season, I of think Zimmer plays. was a defensive guy who called the defensive plays, and I think that's why you had Stefanski being your offensive coordinator. I don't remember. Either way, because Zimmer just, is a defensive guy. I mean, that's no. I think that's out there and pretty obvious. Yeah, I'm just more so worried because. You have a first-year guy. Again, everything just sounds just like what we just got rid of. And I think I just have Brown's PTSD. Oh, sure. We need to put our expectations at – let's put it, put it at six wins. Let's just mi- match what we did this year. Yeah. That's our expectation for 2020 is six wins. Anything more, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm not even going in with that. <laughs> um, because I look at this and the way all the, um, the front office guys are talking – it almost sounds like the Browns are putting pressure on the team again and almost saying it's playoffs or bust. Paul DePodesta came out again and said, he said today, because they asked him about uh, about what happened. Like, why didn't you guys go with McDaniels and, you know, clean some house and blah, blah, blah. And Stefanski, or, or DePodesta said, because cleaning out cleaning house it means it's a rebuild. And, you know, they don't want to do that again. So they're not cl- going into this. He as didn't like want to do it because part of Josh McDaniels' clean out was him. him. But... I just more so look at it as if we go eight and eight and miss the playoffs, are they going to freak out again and like look into other people? Like, are we not even just the coach? Maybe they just say, fuck it. We're keeping Stefanski, but are they going to freak out and go, all right, time to cut payroll. We're getting rid of Landry. We're getting rid of Beckham. We're getting rid of Baker. We're starting fresh, but we're going to keep the same core for the most part, but we're going to bring in a new quarterback. We're going to bring in a new, you know, star wide receiver. Are they going to kind of get stupid like that and then go, you know what? We're going to let miles Garrett walk because by the time, we're we're competing. We expect Miles Garrett to be a little past his prime, so it's analytically smart to get rid of him now. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of weird yeah, shit like this. I know it sucks to it's, think I like mean, that. The the shelf life in the NFL is so fucking short. It's so small, and we basically have a window of three years to do something. Yeah, we're going into year three with Baker Mayfield right now. It, well, he's got through the sophomore slump, right? So now it's only up from here. No. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I'm worried about, though, is if he comes out again and has a mediocre season, are they going to say, all right, we need to move on from Baker? I just hope Baker doesn't come back to training camp with an extra belly like he did last year. Uh, the most recent pictures, he looks fat as fuck still. So hopefully he's going to say, Oof. you know, he's still working. He's, he hasn't started his New Year's resolution yet, maybe. But hey, That dude, I hope Stefanski is like, dude, you, you got to cut some LBs. 100%. He definitely he should. At least, I mean, at least 20 pounds. You can't be a star quarterback and be fat. You just yeah. can't. You just can't do it. Yeah. Unless you're Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah, but then... And that's when you're on the bench, so it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Half his weight is his beard anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, and the, <sighs> the weight of guilt for all the rape. I think that... that allegedly, allegedly. Eh, I believe him. <laughs> but yeah, so again, uh, I, I'm giving Stefanski the benefit of the doubt. I am just... He's getting five games for me. After game five, fuck it. My back is so against the wall with this Browns, or if you want to look at it from a different perspective, I'm, I'm on the edge with this team. I, I'm i dead serious when I say this. I have had sincere thoughts of just dropping them as a, as a team, my favorite team. I've had sincere thoughts of just saying, fuck it, picking somebody else. I'm done with this shit. It's not going to change. Why do I keep putting myself through this? Um, but it's hard. Because obviously I love them. They're my favorite team. I want them to be good in the worst fucking way. But they have shown me 
no hope that it'll ever change. And that's what bothers me to think that we have such a good core right now. We possibly have our franchise quarterback, and I get it. He is only going into year three. Am I overreacting a little bit to think they're just going to dump him? Did Aaron Rodgers win his first Super Bowl in year three? No, it takes time. I get that. However, I am so fucking sick of waiting to even see a decent season that I don't want to have to go through those ups and downs. Patrick Mahomes came into year two, technically year one. He never even touched the field till week week 17, and he won the MVP. He lit it up. He was fucking incredible. Lamar Jackson this year, year two, sets fucking records like they're going out of style. MVP for the Ravens. Gets eliminated, which is good, but they're going, they, they've both been to the playoffs twice in their first three years, at least for Mahomes, because, I mean, technically, he was in the playoffs for his first year, but he, he didn't start, but first two years of starting, they both have won MVPs, they both have been to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, technically, and the Browns here haven't even fucking sniffed the playoffs in two years with Baker Mayfield, and that's what scares well, they me. they almost sniffed it this year. They were in it up until, like, the last four games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they they were in it all right. I told everybody and their fucking brother they had no chance. <laughs> <laughs> they all they had to do, I kept loving every week where it's like, well, if they do this and then this happens and they do this and this player does this and that team does that, we have a chance. Unless fifteen satellites dropped from the sky and hit every other team in the AFC, Browns had no shot of making the fucking playoffs this year. Uh, another breaking news. Not that you care. Uh, Josh Donaldson has agreed to a four-year deal with the Twins. Uh, I mean, that's actually big news because that's that's home. That's the Central. Yep. That's the Twins, who obviously won the division last year. They've and, only gotten and, and better Donaldson's now. Donaldson's actually gotten pretty well in the last Josh Donaldson years. stayed healthy last year in Atlanta for the most part, as far as I remember, and had a hell of a year. Yep. And the four Twins year, said, four fuck year deal. it. The Twins said, fuck it. We're going to put a little bit of money into this team because we just came off a playoff uh, That's what birth. you're supposed to do? I yeah. thought after you go to the playoffs, you cut payroll. No, that's only when you go to the World Series. You oh, cut yeah, payroll. you're right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You, when, you've been there. You just can't go back. When your you fans to... see this really tiny window slowly closing, you make sure you put a fucking elephant on top of it to close a little faster because that's okay, what the fucking see, Dolans do. We, we would make great fucking owners. I can't. We should do it sometime. Uh, yeah, give me an unlimited bank account, and I'll show you a fucking thing or two about building a baseball team. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm a passionate fan I am. I have been burned by this fucking team so much that yes, I am very, very, very skeptical going into this season. Yep. I, I am going to set my expectations high. We have a good enough core. You sh- you you fired the last coach after one season and brought somebody new in, which makes me think that you're fully committing to this guy, knowing what the fuck he's doing. I can't sit through another. Well, he's learning. Let him learn on the fly. You know what I mean? Like to me, an eight and eight season and no playoffs is fucking pathetic. In my opinion, I understand that sounds crazy to say about the Cleveland Browns, but I think an 8-8 eight eight season with no playoffs is pathetic. So your expectations next year is playoffs. I'm playoffs or bust. Okay. I truly am, and that's for me as a fan. I can't sit through another season of, well, you know, we got to work on some things, and you know, we're getting better, we're all learning. I just can't do it. You had Josh McDaniels, who's a previous head coach, who had some success, albeit it ended in a horrific, fiery crash. Don't get me wrong. He then went back to New England, learned all of his mistakes, continued to learn from Bill Belichick, ready to take this organization to the next level. He wanted a clean house. He wanted to say, fuck you, I'm bringing my own guys in from top to bottom, we're going to run this fucking ship. And I was like, shit, that sounds great. Instead, Jimmy Haslam said, no, 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 what we're doing is working. We only need a head coach. We don't need anybody else here. And that's what worries the fuck out of me, is that Jimmy Haslam's going to fuck I wonder if Josh is ever going to come out and tell exactly how that process went. 
No, I don't think so. He it might burn bridges with other people. Exactly. He he still wants another head coaching job, I think, whether yeah. that be just being the predecessor of he Bill could Belichick. Be back here. He could be back here next year. You know, he There's could. a good chance. <laughs> Something tells me he's not going to take that interview anymore. He no, might I be, think he the might Browns kind of closed the door there. Unless Haslam goes. Especially because he wants to clean house, and Haslam's about to sign Paul DePodesta to a fucking new contract, probably. Yeah, of course. So, you know, just as long as as long as long Paul DePodesta and Jimmy Haslam are running shit, I am worried. Paul DePodesta has a great background in baseball. He is not a football guy. Your analytics sound great, but you're not a football guy. Well, analytics don't know any kind of sport. They go across the board. Yeah. He, he shouldn't. I, I, I don't feel comfortable thinking this guy knows what the fuck he's doing when it comes to helping scout players. He came out today and he, you know, cleaned up some rumors, said the story that, that, that Kevin Stefanski has to give his playbook to the analytics team and owner Jimmy Haslam every Friday before game day is 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 false. They said that's not true. I don't believe him. I just can't. I hate this organization so much. Everybody you really think that's office. true? Hell yeah, I do. I I, th- I believe it's. I enough. don't think it's full game plan. Don't get me wrong. Things change because by Friday afternoon, you don't even fully know who's playing, who's going to miss the game. So maybe they have a guy on offense who's been hurt, and then maybe Sunday morning they he goes out and warms up, and they're like, all right, he's out. That would change your whole fucking game plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it's a full. This is what we're doing. We're sticking by it, kind of thing. But I do think it's a. I want ninety percent of what you plan on doing Sunday. Kind I mean, of deal. I, I think in in realistic terms, if I'm if I were to use analytics to the point, I would say that you know your opponent coming into week one. Okay, so we're gonna analyze everything that this defense did last year. You know, we've watched every game. This is what works, this is what doesn't. This is how we can really use these this set against them, this set against them. Don't use this set against them because it's not gonna work. And yeah. I think that's gonna be the game plan given, you know, given out to Stefanski, like, look, this is what we think would work. Right. And then he comes back and says, okay, based on what I think and I, what I want to do, this is what I think is going to work. And they combine together. And then, then he gets like a, probably, I would assume a printout or I'm sorry, digitally an <laughs> iPad filled or a, what are they using? The Microsoft uh, tablets? Yeah. The note or whatever. Some, I don't even know whatever. What something called. that Surface. says, yeah. Something that says what you want to do is going to work whatever against this. Like if, if Stefanski is on board with analytics, which it sounds like he is, then I, I would assume that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think Freddie Kitchens knew how to fucking read an iPad. So I don't think he knew how to use analytics to the best of his ability but yeah. this has been proven to work i mean look at sh- look at shanahan look at the 49ers that is 100 percent an analytically driven team mm-hmm. and look what they're doing and it's his own run scheme that seems to work beautifully right. everywhere he goes but that's what i'm saying though but but i mean he drives that team based on analytics every week that he puts together my issue though with that is i just think that kyle shanahan is majority of who's behind the success sure I don't think that's going to be the case here in Cleveland. I don't think they're going to allow Stefanski to have that much say as much as as much as Kyle Shanahan has. Like when I look at the Niners, that's Kyle Shanahan running everything. Yeah. I know that he hired John Lynch to be his GM. So Kyle Shanahan is technically John Lynch's boss. Here in Cleveland, we are going to be hiring the GM after the head coach, but will I feel like it's Kevin Stefanski is the boss? No fucking way. Unless he gets a dude from Minnesota, then maybe that's something that works out That would out just perfect. be his friend. I think it's still going to be Paul DePodesta. And I think yeah. the only reason we... That's why they're leaning so hard at Eric... Uh, uh, Barry. Yeah, uh, not Eric Barry. Um, Adam... Aaron? Adam? Uh, Alan? fuck. Holy what Christ. What the fuck is his name? We're having a meltdown today. We really are. Um, old, old, t- old, old age <laughs> is kicking in. I want, I'm trying to remember without looking it up, and I don't think I'm going to be... Andrew. It's and this, Andrew This Barry, is for Lindsay. I'm sorry, Lindsay, for not having all of our statistics in front of us, so bite me. Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry. I think I got it, right? A. Barry. Yeah, so we were close. Anyway, so yeah, so Andrew Barry is 
rumored to be the top target, and that's because he is Paul De Podesta's dude. They they Sashi, love Sashi's coming back. Sashi Brown. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And what scares me is Andrew Barry was working with this fucking team. So was Paul De Podesta when they hired or when they decided to trade out of the number two overall pick, which could have been Carson Wentz, which could have been Ezekiel Elliott which could have been Joey Bosa, which could have been a lot of fucking other guys I could sit here and talk about. They decided to trade back and take Corey fucking Coleman. Yes, the same Corey Coleman that has essentially been out of the league since we drafted him. He played a few games for us, sucked dick. He got cut. He went to uh, the Giants, got hurt, missed the entire season. I mean, he's he's going to be out of the league in a couple of, like not even a year or two. He'll bounce around probably from roster to roster, but he's never going to amount to anything. And analytically, they thought that was the best pick they could have made because they traded back for some draft picks. And we then used those draft picks to draft Jabril Peppers, David Njoku, guys like that. Fucking worthless players that show me this organization had no fucking idea how to draft. Miles Garrett, we got lucky with because he was a no-brainer pick because we went 0-16. If we had the number three pick, number two pick, we would have fucked that whole draft up. Guarantee we would have sure. fucked it up. sure. We just got lucky that Miles Garrett fell into our lap because we were going to fuck that whole draft up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, again, optimistic. I'm just going to be optimistic here. I want to see what happens, how it plays out. I, If I had to pick, I want the dude from Minnesota because the connection he has to Stefanski. I think True. they work well together. I would feel more comfortable with Peyton as our GM yes. than Andrew Barry. Yes. Because Andrew Barry, I just look at as a deep Podesta puppet, and I look at him as a fucking idiot that ruined my team for fucking years with Sashi Brown. And I would hope as a new coach you brought in, you're going to listen to him and who he wants. Because yeah. haven't we preached all along, we're hiring a coach first, and then we're going to hire a GM that works with the coach. What scares me is Dee Podesta in a roundabout way basically said he's calling the shots because he said, I'm not going to be picking the players, but I'm going to be making sure we get the proper players that in fits here. with our that's, scheme. That's yeah. you saying, I'm making sure we take guys that I want. So... <sighs> I can't go into this with any optimism. I'm not going to okay. lie to you. When we hit a little bit more than the halfway point in the season, I went so just anti-Browns. I would loved talking shit about everything they did. And I felt great, truth be told. It, it really oh, was Our relieving. podcast from week one until week seven oh, it completely changed. night it day. It changed, yeah. yeah. I think week seven is your rant that you threw everybody under the bus. And look who look who came out on top there. <laughs> Me. Yeah. All those motherfuckers I threw under the bus are either unemployed or on thin ice right now. <laughs> and I'm talking to you, Baker, you fat motherfucker. That ice ain't getting any thicker, too. You chubby bastard. But uh but yeah, like I called out Freddie Kitchens, I called out John Dorsey for all of his mistakes, and everyone was calling me crazy. And then as the weeks went on, the the rumors about John Dorsey kind of being on thin ice started coming out. And some people were saying rightfully so, and other people were saying, No, 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 you're crazy, you don't get rid of a guy and like Dorsey that. we trust. And then he got fucking fired. And I just sit back and think and I go, I saw this long time ago. I was the first one to go, that Austin Corbett pick was pretty shitty. Denzel Ward, not really that great anymore. Greedy Williams, like I'm looking at all these things that trade for Olivier Vernon. I, I was looking at all these different things from an outsider's perspective, and I don't know. They just rubbed me the wrong way, and I think that I, I you know, I I don't want to toot my own horn, but I've been watching a lot of football and I've been doing a lot of draft studying and shit like that for a very long time in my life. I'd like, I like I like to think I know a thing or two, and your fantasy football numbers speak for themselves. I've won a few championships <laughs> in my day. I've had some very very good good. Fantasy so very years. early early picks. What do you think the Browns' record is next year? Um, I mean, it's honestly, it's so tough to say right now because this, this, I think this roster is going to get a pretty decent overhaul. Um, okay. Well, let's back up real quick. You have to make decisions this offseason on some certain players. One of them being Kareem Hunt. Do you keep him? Yeah. 
He's a restricted free agent, so I think you either keep him for the like three million or five million he's owed. Not even like it's a pretty cheap deal. No brainer to me to keep that. Um, because he opened that offense up a lot at the he end did. of the season. And I um, think that someone like Stefanski can really do a, a lot with him. Especially because I think Stefanski might prefer Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb in a sense because he's more similar to Dalvin Cook, whereas Nick Chubb is not much of a pass catcher. He can, but it's not his, his go-to You thing. can't bench Chubb, though. I mean, No, I true. agree. I'm yeah. just saying that I think that's why Stefanski would want to keep Kareem Hunt to use him in certain and use schemes. them both because yeah. he's a huge proponent of a fullback. So, I mean, you figure... If you go out there and you have maybe one one play Kareem Hunt's lined up a fullback and the next play uh, Nick Chubb's the fullback for Kareem Hunt, good luck stopping that as a defense. If we hand it up and go, if we hand it off and go right up the middle with Hunt or Chubb and the other one's blocking, good luck. Yep. If we play action and spread them out to run routes, best of luck there as well. Yep. So I think it would work well, and I think the investment is so cheap. Um, the only thing that would blow me away would be he's restricted, so you could put a tender on him. So let's say the Browns maybe give him a second round tender. If some team's willing to give up their second-round pick for Kareem Hunt, I think you have to do it. I truly do. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, I mean... Because you're not going to keep him long-term. No, because he's going to want big money after this next year. Nick Chubb's going to be going into his third year on a four-year contract because he was a second-round pick. You only get four years. Kareem Hunt will be going into an unrestricted free agent period, which means he's going to want a big, big big-ass contract, especially if he's playing at a high level. Look at how much money the other running backs are getting in the league. You can't pay that to him, and then you're going to have to pay Miles Garrett. You're going to have to pay Baker. You're going to have to pay Denzel, more than likely. You're going to have to pay Nick Chubb. you got all these guys with contracts coming up. I just don't think you can invest that much in the running back position when you have so much invested in the wide receiver position, assuming those guys are still here in a year or two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if we're getting a high draft pick, see ya, Kareem. Thank you. But if you're not getting blown away with anything, keep him. Keep him, 100%. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to ask that question. I was yeah. curious what your thoughts. And, were. and as far as the record goes, I'm I. It's way too early. Nine and seven. I mean, honestly, I, like I said, playoffs are busts. So minimum ten and six. I think you need you need ten wins to get to the playoffs next year. You think so? Titans made it a nine to seven record. Yeah, that was kind of fluky though, because you know I look at the Steelers and I think the Steelers, as much as I hate them, they were so they're so well coached. They almost made the playoffs with Duck fucking Hodges and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Imagine if Juju's healthy for the full season, James Conner's healthy for the full season, and excuse me, Ben is healthy for the full season. That's probably a playoff team. Yeah, you have the Ravens coming back, assumingly mostly the same team. They didn't lose anybody. They're not expected to lose many no. people. Um, then you got Cincy getting a really Cincinnati's good quarterback. Cincinnati's going to be getting Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's going to have to prove, is it him, or is it those fucking amazing wide receivers he gets to play with? Because let's be honest, God, they're that's, amazing. That's, that, yeah, those two are fucking crazy. So you got Joe Burrow coming into in, into the NFL. So you expect the, the Bengals to obviously improve. I mean, they won two games all season. You expect them to, you know, at, I would say at least five wins if they're yeah. going to start Joe Burrow from the start. And that's at least. So, you know, I do think 10 wins is what's going to cut it. Because you look at the look around the league, you have – the AFC South, you have the Texans, young, they're they're in, intact. You expect them to be a playoff contender next year. The Titans are only going to get better. I assume they'd probably move on from Ryan Tannehill. They're going to get themselves a rookie quarterback or you know maybe somebody elsewhere. I don't think they stick with Tannehill. I don't I don't know why. I just don't have that feeling. No, he's not a he's not a long term answer. He's like a two year guy. But you know, obviously, you can only have one division winner per division. So you look at, let's just guess off the top. You're going to go Ravens, Texans, Chiefs. And then, uh, who am I missing? AFC West. Uh, we'll go. Or no, I'm sorry. That is the Chiefs. No, you could go. Well, yeah, Kansas City. 
in the west. Yep. You got of the Houston south. You've got Houston in the south. You I'll got say Ravens, Ravens in the north. In the north and you got and then the east is the AFC East is I'm drawing a fucking blank. Oh, oh, Patriots. Jacksonville, Patriots, Patriots. Buffalo, so, Miami. Uh, Jacksonville's the south. Sorry, south. You're right. But uh, but either way, so yeah. So you assume the Patriots are going to win their division. So there's your four playoff teams out of six. So we're Two playing spots wild card. up for grabs. So you're hoping the Browns, you're guessing Steelers. I would guess the Titans again. Um, I mean the Jets played well last year in in the towards the end of the season. Do I think they can roll it over? Probably not. Not with Adam Gay, so I won't count them. You have the Oakland Raiders, who with Andrew. Or, Did you mention Buffalo? Because I don't think they're going to get. Worse. No, I forgot about them too. Buffalo's going to be only getting better, probably. Um, they're another team that'll be competing, and then you have Oakland, who was competing for it again. So you just assume at least those teams will be right back in the thick of things. Well, if the NFL's rigged, Oakland's going to the playoffs next year. Yes, first year in Vegas. Absolutely. It's going to be just like the Vegas Golden Knights. The Raiders will go to the Super Bowl and lose next year. Yep. A lot of money right there. Um, but yeah, so so I think it's it's going to be really tough, and I think, you know, I think 10 wins minimum to get to the playoffs. Well, that's our so, early predicts right there. So I'm, It's not even a prediction. That's just me saying you have to get 10 <laughs> wins. Not even here like, comes 1 and 15. I, I think they're going to go 10 and 6. Like, no, no, no. You fucking must go 10 and 6. 1 and 15. Here we come. So, yeah, I, I'm skeptical. A uh, little bit of breaking news. Tristan Wirfs, the offensive lineman from Iowa, who a lot of a lot of people have pegged as a potential Browns target, he is officially declared for the NFL draft. A lot of people thought he was going back. So that's actually huge news for the Browns. You don't think he's going to f- go before 10? Could, but there's also a chance he slides because of how depth or how how, how like deep this draft is at certain positions, uh, like quarterbacks. You're, I'm expecting probably three quarterbacks to go before the tenth pick. I think two is going to get drafted a little earlier than he should. Uh, I think Justin Herbert and obviously Joe Burrow is going number one. Uh, you got Judy, the wide receiver. I could see going top ten. You've got uh, I forgot his last name, the safety for LSU. You just there's so much fucking talent. Yeah. Um. So I mean, obviously, it's 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 just a lot of. We mock both drafts. agree, though, that they need to draft a fucking lineman in that first round. Um. Or yes, sign no. one. Or yeah, sign. It depends one. on who who you can get in the off season. Um. And and what you plan on going doing from there? Because obviously, we need we need. I think we need a right guard, a right tackle, left tackle. In 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 terms of urgency, I would say left tackle, right tackle, right guard. One, two, three, yep. in order. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously you want your left tackle. You need a blindside blocker for your quarterback. That's one of the most important positions on the team, and we haven't been able to find that in Baker's first two seasons. So I think that's a top priority to look for. But, again, you don't draft for need at that spot. You draft for best player available because we're not a good enough team to, to act like we don't need depth or extra help. Right. Uh, there's a chance there could be a corner, there could be a safety, and you need all of those. So, I mean, it can't hurt. Uh, so... You know, it's going to be interesting. We'll obviously talk draft a lot more as the time goes by. But those are our, our initial thoughts on the Kevin Stefanski hire. Uh, obviously, we talked a little bit about Joe Burrow. The LSU Tigers won the national championship last year or last, last night. night. They beat the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Clemson Tigers, and the referees in one night. So good for them because <laughs> uh, the refs actually had some shitty calls that went against Clemson. It's kind of funny and ironic to see it happen right to them. Suck a fat one. That that's now you know Ohio how it feels. State would have beat or v- competed very well against LSU. I think it would have been an awesome game, and I think I actually would have watched it because yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though we do this podcast, and I probably should have watched the whole game. Fuck that game. I watched ten minutes. If I had. watched eight, ten minutes too. Like I didn't care. Like second honestly. half, LSU was already up by double digits. I threw the game on, watched a few plays, and I went, 
All right, I'm done. I tur- I turned it on to begin with when I saw LSU was losing just to see what the hell was going on. Yeah. I stopped watching it, and then I, I think I started watching another episode of Mindhunter last night. Great show, by the way. Yes. I, recommended by you. Absolutely. Um, and then, so I turned it back on when I saw on ESPN the score change and flip-flop, so I turned it back on for a couple minutes. But I really didn't give a shit. Yeah, I, I, I told you as soon as you got here. We weren't even on air, but yeah, I watched the new Spider-Man movie last night. We started it right around like... Eight o'clock. A must better, a, a much better watch. Great movie. I'm so happy I watched it. I, I will admit that occasionally when there were some slow moments in the movie, I would check my phone just to see the score. Yeah. But I wasn't like nonstop watching. Like I paid way more attention to the movie because sure. I don't care about that game. Uh, and in terms of college, as I've said before, I like Ohio State. I think they did get screwed against Clemson, but I'm not a diehard Buckeyes fan that like makes or breaks my week. I don't go posting on Facebook like F Michigan, like I uh, hate that team up north. Like I don't give a shit. I'll say Michigan. I hate them because I am. I am a, I am a more Ohio State fan than I am of any other team in college football. So I don't care that much when they lose. It's nothing compared to like a Cleveland loss. But I, I am happy when they win. So I would have loved to have watched the Buckeyes in the championship last night. Sports or no sports, I just hate Michigan. Well, yeah, it's that's too. Fucking and horrible. Just because state. of the, yeah, my my Ohio State ties, even though they're not super deep, I do hate Michigan in any sport. Basketball, when they were in the championship a couple of years ago, I rooted against them. You know what I mean? Fuck them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so when it comes to football. As I said earlier, I am so obsessed with the draft and with like the scouting process. I just I don't have like favorite teams. I watch sports to observe players. And last night I know there was a ton of NFL talent, but to me, that one championship game wasn't gonna make or break anybody. Like Joe Burrow could have come out there and had a very pedestrian game and I wouldn't have gone. I would think twice. Like, yeah, they're not gonna base mean? it off of his draft. Yeah, I don't I, you can't and that's what a lot of people do because a lot of people are prisoners of the moment. So one thing you get is in a bowl game, a guy a guy who could have been a top five pick or or is still going to be a top ten pick, whatever, maybe he has a mediocre game. Fans will start to go, well, just see him in that bowl game. And it's like, well, if you're playing in the fucking Georgia Peach Bowl, you, you, you're probably not playing as hard as you would if you were playing in the national championship right. because you are worried about your future. You, if you get hurt, you're not going pro. So a lot of guys do take a little bit off the gas pedal in yeah. a bowl game. So if you're basing your complete evaluation on a player – by one bowl game, never evaluate a player again. That's jo- how I look Joe at it. Joe came out and played well last night from what I looked at in stats. No, he did. He played great. He played great. I'm not talking about him in general. Well, I know, I'm just saying, but I'm glad that he came out and yeah. kind of still did great, you know, against the Because I remember, I remember um, Jadevian Clowney against Michigan in their bowl game. He Is that where he took the helmet off the dude? Yeah. He, yeah. he, he knocked through and, and everybody was like, holy shit. And I'm thinking in my head like, is this your guys' like first time seeing this guy? He's been really good all season. Yeah. He's been projected to be the number one pick all season, but a lot of people didn't. They never heard of him or, or cared about him until the bowl game. And that's, you know, I get it, but that's the funny thing to me as a draft guy is like, I'll have people that'll ask me like before the draft, who do you think we're going to take? I think they should look at this guy in like the third round. He had a really good bowl game, and it's like, all right, relax. Watch the whole fucking tape. <laughs> so anyway, I, got, I, I like to talk draft, so that's going to get me on tangents every time. Um, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about the Houston Astros cheating. Obviously, they got caught. We, we had a long episode discussing that. And as expected, the punishments have come out. And uh, there have been some people fired. There have been fines, draft not, picks taken did away. He waste time doing that, did he? Oh, my God. But my only issue is that I'm drawing a blank. Who's their head coach or who is their manager? Um, AJ, uh, AJ Hinch. Hinch. So, Hinch gets fired and their GM gets fired. Forgot his name off the top of my head. It's irrelevant. Um they both get fired, suspended for one year. Those motherfuckers are going to have contracts waiting for them the second that 366th day arrives. I'm sorry, seventh, because we have a leap year this year. Yes. So <laughs> oh, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, who's not going to sign the guy? I mean, 
it's not like it was his entire idea to do this. Exactly. You know? He's and still a good coach. Again, they're not taking away that World Series. No. Most organizations are going to go, hey, what can you do here that we're not going to get caught and we have a chance to win a World Series? And most player, most organizations are going to take that fucking chance. Yeah. The Astros are okay with losing four draft picks and $5 million for a championship. I'm really surprised that none of the players are getting roped into this as any kind of Yeah, punishment. it's kind of fucked up because I, I, I saw a meme and I know, you know, it's a meme, so take it with a grain of salt, but it, it actually was funny and like brought up a good point. It's oh, said, is it the Pete Rose thing? Yeah, it said yeah. you banned Pete Rose for betting on his own team these guys get suspended for one year and they're going to come back and be employed. No, no players were punished, anything. And it's like, that's fucked up. Yeah. How, I mean, how long is MLB going to just keep Piro's banned? Uh, till he's dead. Truth be told, they're going to wait till he's dead. They'll induct him in the Hall of Fame after he's deceased. Yeah. It's stupid, but that's what they're going to do. To, to prove a point. Yep. To prove a point. Lifetime ban means lifetime ban. Exactly. He, we wouldn't let him in the Hall of Fame during his lifetime. He's dead. Yep. Now he can go in. Exactly. They're going to yeah, be really shitty. Sense. But no, it just really is surprising. I was expecting, like, I think we were texting when these things were coming down yesterday. Yeah. And I think you first told me that, um, what was you, that they were suspended. And I'm yeah. like, there's no fucking way that just suspensions are going to happen. Like, that doesn't mean shit. And then the $5 million, again, really doesn't mean yeah, anything. For a baseball team, especially. That's, that's chump no change. Cap. Chump like, change. Um, and then the playoff, the picks, the, that, that hurts a little bit, yeah, I guess. But baseball. First and second round pick for 2020 and 2021. But so baseball drafting is so different than exactly. any other sport. Most of these guys truly aren't going to amount to much. No, I mean, I mean, if you were to tell me that, like, oh, shit, the Browns lost their first and second that's round huge. picks, and that's, that's huge. Yeah, baseball drafts are like 20 rounds. Yeah, so you you're, can you're, find someone in the 69th round of the MLB draft. You it's know? a guy that you're going to not even see in the major leagues yeah. for like four you're gonna or five pay years. him to go to college yeah essentially and you're gonna you have the rights Whereas on the him NFL, your first round pick you expect that guy to be on the play field day exactly one. exactly so, yeah, losing draft picks in the nfl way different but, but i was wholeheartedly expecting to see some players getting roped into this like you know they're yeah. in their investigation you're not telling me they found certain players to be more you know in trouble or more into this than other players come on and you know what truth be told you want to teach guys teach guys a lesson especially in baseball where they're getting paid so much money with no no salary cap Hit them in the pockets. Yep. Find the fucking players crazy money. This way, other other guys are going to go, I'm not fucking cheating. Are you crazy? I'm not, I don't want to get caught and lose that kind right. of money. Right now, a suspension really doesn't hurt these guys that much. I doubt it really affects their pay if, if you were to suspend a player. But now they're not getting anything. But they're, that's what I'm saying. They get yeah, away yeah. with it. They so still... the players just look at it and go, well, fuck it. Scapegoats. Coaches got fired. What do I care? I just got a ring. I got a championship. Yeah. Install my record. My We're contract good to go. stays yeah. the same. That's... I don't give a shit. MLB is so fucking backwards with shit. And then, as we said earlier, uh, Alex Cora fired. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, it said the Red Sox they and mutually Cora parted mutually ways. parted ways. Yeah. So take it for what it's worth. But he Could is. Could you imagine out. if this happened in NFL? Roger Goodell would fucking yeah. Oh, he would crack the whip on some people. I mean, you saw Tom Brady. There was not a whole lot of evidence for that Deflate Gate thing. I'll be the first to admit that. I'm glad they got punished for it, but he still got a four game suspension out of it. Yep. Which is fucking crazy. And that's Tom Brady. That's your golden yeah. child of the NFL. That's one of the faces of the NFL. Um, but speaking of scandals, oh, no. Penn State, what? hot water again. Time machine. Hot water in a shower. More God weird damn. things. This, of course, this is with adults, technically. They're 18. Um, Doesn't make it less weird. No, because this isn't like I'm all for hazing. You want to like fuck with the kid, you know, tape him up to the goalpost, fuck with him in the locker room with like, you know, shaving cream. Like, I don't know, funny hazing things that aren't hurting people. Should I read the uh, bullet points? Let's that go they over accuse? them. All right. Bullet point number one. Underclassmen wrestle lowerclassmen to the ground and place his genitals on the face of the lowerclassmen. Okay. A teabag. Sure. That's essentially there what that go. is, a teabag. Right. That's gay. It, it's kind of weird. It's not gay, but it's just, uh, to me, it's weird. It's not even a prank. It's just more like 
It's just rude. <laughs> That's how I base my things off of. I like being an asshole, and I love pranking people and doing funny things like that. But I think that one's just too weird. Oh, it's you, just... you think that's gay? I've got more. Oh, yeah, yeah. It gets Number scared. two. An underclassman would then hold down a lower classman and present his penis close to the face of the lower classman and stroke his genitals, simulating the action of ejaculation. Yes. So it's like that South Park episode where Cartman doesn't understand how to prank yeah. with Butters, and he takes a picture of Butters' dick in his mouth, and his friends go, dude, that's gay. You yeah. put his dick in your mouth. That's basically what that is. You're presenting your, your I'm assuming, erect penis to a teammate and basically jerking it off a little bit in front of him is like a is what you're calling a joke, but I don't know what's funny about that. No. Well, it gets worse. We're still going. Yeah. All right. Bullet point number three. Humphreys, who I assume Humphreys is the guy who say who came out, left Penn State. He's the State, one that transferred. Yeah. And he's basically throwing the entire Penn yep. State. So, good for him. Right, My so, new favorite player. So Humphreys, that's a good funny name for this, claims as an underclassman would put his penis on the buttocks of a lower classman and stroke again simulating masturbation, sometimes while the victim was naked in the shower room. Yeah. So again, <laughs> this is like the Cartman thing. How are you pranking the other guy when you're getting your own dick hard yep. to put against his naked ass? That's such a prank. How is that? How is he gonna go? Oh, you got me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so like funny. A, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, I got a funny joke, but I got to put my dick in your ass. <laughs> yeah, Let's wait for it. I'll show him. Uh, the last bullet point just says underclassmen grab lower classmen by the dicks and genitals, basically. Yeah. So that I mean, <sighs> if you're if you're ball tapping, that's one thing. If you're just grabbing to grab, that's weird. Um. But yeah, it just seems like a lot of guys in Penn State don't fucking know how to prank, and they they are idiots. And it also so, says that uh, they're suing Penn State. So Humphreys is suing Penn State, James Franklin, and Damian and that's, Barber. That's what for I was negligence. Ask. James Franklin, if I'm not mistaken, was remotely semi aware yeah. of this happening. Wow, you know, you think you would learn um, yeah. that if something comes to your attention as a coach, especially in Penn State, you'd bring it to somebody else's Maybe attention. Maybe also at this point, hire a guy on your staff specifically to just sit in a fucking stool. Right at the end of the shower, just so there's nothing like this going on in the shower. Hey, guys, can you not put your dick in each other's asses? Yeah. This hey is guys, bad. what I tell you last time? Let's not do that again. God. I mean, obviously, you can't put cameras up in a shower. That's illegal. Did, although... they, did they erect a uh, James Franco or a James, what's his name? Frank, is it Franco? Franklin. Franklin uh, statue yet? I mean, I'm just waiting for them to do No, they're that actually shit down. putting up erect, erect penises statues <laughs> all over that have been rubbed on teammates', Dude, teammates so, buttocks. I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny. But Penn State, what? I mean, what's in the fucking water up there? Well, I mean, Penn is short for penetration, so that's why <laughs> penetrate state. <laughs> um, that's so fucked up, dude. Yeah, it's really fucked up, especially because it's happened to them again. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, no pun intended. I'm, I'm guaranteed. Well, it was more than just the tip, apparently. I guarantee there's going to be more that comes out in this shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, like I said, learn how to prank, you fucking idiots. How is rubbing your heart? You had to make, you're in a locker room full of dudes, so you thought, I'll show him by getting myself hard and rubbing my cock on him. How the fuck is that pranking the other guy? It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, please I, don't Please don't ever prank me. I like to please. think, yeah, that, that's, I, I tell you one thing, that's not going to be one of your punishments for a future loss. <laughs> Send me to Penn State shower room, is yeah, that what it's going to be? Well, I mean, uh. that one might be. I'm, just meant, I'm not going to rub my cock on your ass. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Somebody in Penn, at Penn State, I, I can't vouch for them. All I got to do is say, you want to trip to Penn State, I honestly would just give up then. I yeah, I'll just, I'll tell you you're going to Sandusky, but... Yeah. Not, not to see Cedar Point. You're going. To, yeah, you're going to Sandusky's coming to me, yeah. in me, on me. Oh, now right. you're too old. Uh, You've got that uh, Kevin Stefanski salt and pepper beard going on too. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't have the baby, the baby face like he likes. You're Kevin Love or Kevin Owens and Kevin Stefanski's love child. <laughs> hey, what can I say? It's my wife's true fantasy right now. So yeah, it's okay. she, she's not mad. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, ooh, look at that. <laughs> and then he also has a Penn State penis. He only gets it hard for dudes. Unfortunately, Boom. that's Kyle's dilemma. 
Uh, did we touch on basically everything? I mean, we can talk about the playoffs really quick. The Chiefs with a historic comeback, monumental collapse from the Houston Texans. God, they got cocky, I think. Uh, no, they didn't get cocky. I kind of, in, in retrospect, I look at it and I think Bill O'Brien knew you're not shutting this offense down of Kansas City for this long. So when he went for it on fourth down early in the game, at the time, I was like, fire this fucking guy immediately. Like, he no, blew he it. he had to put points And then up. I thought about it. I'm like, you know, if they score another touchdown there, they might have sucked the life out of that stadium. That could have been enough. Yeah. Instead, that little bit of hope. When you don't get it on fourth down, that momentum shift that went over to Kansas City sideline was crazy. And it was fucking lights out after that. Kansas City never looked back. I love the fact that they had to put on the, the Jumbotron that we have run out yeah, of fireworks. Yeah, they ran out of fireworks because they scored so much. It was <laughs> the highest scoring game of the year. They waited till the playoffs. And they didn't even score their first fucking point until the second quarter. So crazy. That's insane. Um, but I am a, I'm a huge Titans fan this weekend. I hope to God that the story know, continues. I only, as I said before, I am a Titans fan for right now in the playoffs and i am oh, an eddie sorry. george fan luke, luke keekley is officially retired oh really he just announced it wow that's a huge loss for the panthers yep that's one of my favorite players i love watching luke keekley play but that makes sense because i mean he probably looks at it as panthers in a full rebuild he seems like a very loyal person that he's, doesn't want to he's only 28 years old yeah doesn't want to go to another team and he probably is worried about cte so he's looking at this and going i could spend the rest of my life here in carolina with some meaningless seasons because we're not going to do anything or i can be a dick and leave and kind of ruin my legacy and still fuck my head up or i can just call it a day he's got enough he's money. been to a super bowl he's had contracts first round pick top 10 pick if i'm not mistaken um good for him congrats on a great career luke yeah, keekley absolutely. Uh, truly loved watching wow him play that's linebacker. breaking news tonight on our podcast tuesday's crazy. a good night it seems like it's a good night <laughs> um but yeah so i i think i'm pulling for the chiefs just because i want a fun Super Bowl, if that makes sense. I want Chiefs Packers. I think that's going to be a shootout. I would be happy either way, whoever wins that game. San Francisco is going to be a defensive dominant team, so it could be a lower scoring game. And obviously the Titans, same thing. Titans are a defensive team, they're a run team, so are the Niners. I don't really want to watch another so you want a, Super Bowl. You just want a hot, you want a forty-five yeah, to fifty-one I want a Super Bowl. Percent. Like I, I watched. I mean, last year's Super Bowl last was so Super fucking Bowl boring. Was one of the worst Super Bowls I ever uh, saw. It was so fucking boring and. I don't want that again. I feel like a Niners Titans Super Bowl would be pretty boring. So give me give me Chiefs Packers. That's who I'm going with this weekend. All right. I'm I'm opposite of you. I'm sorry. I want to see a defensive Okay. I I don't want to see a slow defensive game like last year, but I, I want to see the Titans go. I just Don't wanna... get me wrong, these aren't my like picks. Like, oh I'm yeah, I like, know. I but oh, I they're I, definitely gonna win. I just this is who I would prefer to watch. Sure, in a Super but I, Bowl. I would like to see the Titans make it. I'd like to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I think it'd be cool watching those two go at it. Titans Packers, I think I would be okay with that. I think I just don't want the Niners in the Super Bowl. I think that's the one team out of the four that if they win, I'm not gonna be that pumped about it because I still have bad blood against them for when they beat the Browns this year. They beat the fuck out of us, rightfully so. They're the better team. Um, Joey Bosa, I'm sorry, Nick Bosa, Ohio State. I should love the guy because he was a Buckeye, right? I fucking right? hate him. But I, I don't like him. I don't want to see him succeed fucking anymore. plant the flag like uh, that. I don't want to see Richard Sherman go to the Super Bowl again, especially now that he's out of Seattle because I always talk shit that the only reason he was good was because of Seattle's scheme. Don't get me wrong. I've come to realize he actually is just a good player. But uh, he lied about Baker. I think he talks way too much shit. I hate him. I've never liked Richard Sherman, so fuck him. Uh, a lot of people wanted to trade the farm for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I was very against that. So if he goes and wins a Super Bowl, that makes me look bad. So fuck Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> winning a Super Bowl. You have so much personal stuff invested I in do. this. And Kyle Shanahan. He, uh, he, he made a PowerPoint to get the fuck out of Cleveland, and I understand why he did it. But still, I would love to see that he, PowerPoint. He could have been in Cleveland. 
but he wanted out. So fuck you. You're either with us or against us. Fuck you, Kyle Shanahan. I don't want you winning either. And Robert Sala, you should be our head coach, but you're not. So fuck you. I want you to lose. Yeah, so fuck them all. I hate the fucking Niners. Um, uh, hot take tonight. Uh, Justin does not like San Francisco. I hold grudges. I want everyone to know that. I don't forget shit. If I hate a player for a specific reason or a coach, if they do one wrong thing, they're on my shit list. I don't forget anything, oh, honestly. Oh, man. It's weird. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I would so prefer... So, any team but San Francisco. Yes. Any... So, okay. any combo. Packers against... Whoever, whoever the fuck. Whoever that's, the that's fuck. exactly it. I agree. It'd be interesting watching Green Bay and um and Kansas City. That'd be really interesting. Because they're both defenses that this year turned it on. Uh when a lot of teams you don't you, you, Packers were never known for having a stout defense, nor were the Chiefs. Both have kind of had better seasons. Chiefs is still a little suspect. They give up a lot of points. But each defense will get blown up by the other offense. Exactly. The offenses are so much better than the defense. I want to see Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched. He may have the best arm I've ever seen. He could put a ball in a fucking bucket from a mile away on the run. (laughs) It's insane how good this guy is. I would love to see him win another season. Do you ever watch slow motion launch angles of his balls? when he? That sounds gay. But when he throws the ball way up in here. That's what we're here to talk about. Talk about balls. There we go. Of bring it back around, but like his launch angle, and he runs up and he throws it like straight up in the sky. Like you would think he's trying to throw a ball like this way, but no, he's just bombing his shit. He is the, the field. king of hail marys, and it's like so crazy. Just watching him like even go from sideline to sideline across field, and the way he can just throw it on a fucking dime like across the whole field with accuracy on the edge, like he's just so good. Yeah, he's hands down the best quarterback I've ever seen. Him and Peyton Manning top two quarterbacks of all time in my opinion just in terms of quarterbacking i don't look at the super bowl stats because it's such a team game yep peyton manning you know if you give that guy tom brady's defenses throughout the years i think peyton manning's probably the you know has all those championships seven eight championships so it's yeah. easy in retrospect to just go off of super bowl rings which i won't do but in terms of just guys who can throw a ball better than anyone i've ever seen in my lifetime i'm going you know brett Favre. i won't name them all because there's a million but like brett Favre. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck was another one that just amazing ball placement, the way he could do shit, and Aaron Rodgers. Those are some of my favorite quarterbacks to watch throw a football. So I think my top five. And right five now, would, Pat Mahomes is creeping up there. I think my old. top five of all time would be Brett Favre, um, I agree, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana. Uh, See, that was a little before me. Truth be told, I, I never really watched Joe Montana. Steve Young, I thought was amazing too. Yeah, he was he, good. He very was, good. What he could do. Because he was um, like a very. He was a, he was a scrambler too. So right. Kind Talk of... about being blessed in the fucking 49ers having a back to back like right. Hall of Famers right there. Not bad. Um, but Steve Young was amazing. And then um, yeah, I agree. Peyton Manning. I've never seen a, a guy coach a team on the field. Dude, he was the smartest the quarterback way... I've ever seen. He was so fucking good. And like, not to take away anything from Tom Brady. I understand Tom Brady's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because of the Super Bowl rings and because of the stats. He had a great career and all that. But just in terms of when I watch a quarterback on the field throwing a ball and I'm taking everything else out of the picture beautiful like tom brady's not in my top five he's not even close you, you know? gotta you gotta watch do you ever watch that show peyton's place on espn i haven't i've heard it's amazing though you gotta watch the mo- i don't want to because it kind of makes me sad to think that like not that we could have had him or anything like that i don't mean that but in terms of like there were all those rumors that he could have been our team president a couple years yeah. ago because he and jimmy Haslam are so close i don't want to watch peyton manning and go god this guy is really he's so much smarter than i even thought and i know he's a genius because well, that's just gonna make me more every sad. episode something different about football which is really cool but the most recent one is he sits down and does activities with tom brady yeah um, that's that's gotta be good and the conversation i watched the Has conversation already aired yeah it's already aired it's out okay. there yeah so if you have espn or you can probably watch on youtube or whatever yeah, yeah. but it's good but the one thing they're sitting there playing they go to um I forget the announcer's house, but they're doing basically chip shotting 
from the backyard onto like a green, and they're talking about the tuck game in Oklahoma. And uh, Tom Brady admits, and that was a fumble. <laughs> oh, Oakland, you mean? Oakland, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, the snow, the, the snow game, <laughs> the, the snow game when he uh, when he uh, fumbled the ball, but it was a tuck rule. He's like, yeah, I was, I was totally. That, that, that should have been a fumble. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But, <laughs> I mean, and that started the legacy kind of. Right, but, but no, but it was cool. Those two back and forth talking about, you know, the yeah. games they played against each other and the competition. It's the show. Plus, Peyton Manning is kind of funny. I mean, oh, 100%. He, he I think really is. He hosted SNL, one of the funniest hosts yeah, I've ever yeah, seen. It was he, great. He's he's great. The uh, episode so, yeah. where he throws footballs at kids as a running route. Oh, one of my favorite skits <laughs> of all time. I can watch that every day. Um, so, yeah, so going back to the Super Bowl, if I had to pick, I guess Chiefs-Packers would be the most entertaining Packers Titans would be the most where I could sit back and relax and just enjoy a football game. Yep. Although I would feel kind of shitty if if Aaron Rodgers lost that. Um, don't want to see the Niners win or even be in it. So they're the one team I don't want. And truth be told, fuck the Chiefs too. Because I look at this, if if Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback we expect him to be, and this team is going to be the the franchise we expect them to be and be a consistent winner and and and, and can every year be a contender. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere. Patrick Mahomes is still very young, just won MVP. If he didn't get hurt, probably could have won, went back-to-back or at least been in the conversation. So he is going to be the John Elway to our Bernie Kosar, possibly, in the future. As long as Baker gets his head out of his ass. Exactly. So a lot of it has to do with Baker. But still, do I want Patrick Mahomes to get a Super Bowl now so it looks worse for Baker? Nope. Yeah. Fuck you, Mahomes. So fuck the Chiefs. Titans Packers. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> I'm glad we worked our way we through it that. Took, it took me a little bit. I had to go full circle, but it worked out. Oh, God. Um, all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Well, no, um, one more thing. We had to oh, mention. Yeah. We got the UFC thing on Saturday. Oh, shit. Yeah, we got Conor McGregor's, Conor, McGregor. Re- Conor McGregor's return to the octagon after, I think, three years. Uh, money grab, or do you think this is legit? I think it's legit. I think he he last year came out with a plan. He's like, here's my 2020 plan. Yeah. Fighting in January, fighting in June. That is true. He did fighting. tell everybody. He's, he goes, I'm fighting in January, June, and I'm fighting at the end of the year for a championship. His plan was fighting either one or two people, Cowboy being one of them January. His yep. fight in June is whoever the winner of the Ferguson something, um, I don't know, some other Beats fight. And then attention. he wants to end the year with a rematch against um, Khabib in Russia. That, that's, his, that's his 2020 plan. Um, I, I, I'm going out with a hard L. I, well, I don't know, but yeah, I probably, but I don't think it's a money grab. He doesn't fucking need money. Yeah, that's true. I think. I mean, he, a lot of these guys though, it's not even that they need the money. Look, look at Floyd Mayweather. He could have retired 20 years right. ago, but he's still like, fuck it. I think it's if an ego. I, I think it's an ego thing. I think Connor wants to not have his last thing in the ring be that big loss. He wants to true. come out and have a good year, maybe win two out of the three fights this year, yeah. and then he'll probably retire. Um, I mean, he's going to have to win two out of three to get a third. I think. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if he loses one, if he of these, loses on Saturday, and then. You know, or, or even if he wins Saturday and then loses in June, he's no longer going to get a title contention. No, so no. what's the point of having this third fight if you're right. not going to And I think I mean? it's a good tune-up. I think Cowboy's great. I think Cowboy's about five years past his prime to compete yeah. with. And that's the but thing a lot of no people lie. think could be right. past his prime. Right, but, but no but. lie. I mean, Cowboy can still compete. I think it's sure. going to be a good fight, but I, still, I, I think Connor knocks him out in like round two. Okay. That's my prediction. So actually, uh, a little off sports topic, but Kyle and I, Kyle was gracious enough to get um, my wife and I and his wife and himself, Louis C.K. tickets for Saturday. I cannot wait. This will be my third time seeing Louis C.K. For those of you that don't know, I am a diehard stand-up comedy fan, and Louis C.K. is my idol. He is my number one on the Mount Rushmore of comedians. I think Louis C.K. is the funniest fucking person I've ever heard do stand-up. He actually, again, I said this is going to be my third time seeing him. He was just in Cleveland. They they did kind of quick surprise shows at Hilarities because it's a little salty that I didn't go to that I'm, one. Uh, but again, they sold out so quick, I couldn't even <laughs> I couldn't risk it. That's my guy. I don't wait. Um, 
So the tickets went on sale and they announced it that they're like, the show is this Monday. I think that the tickets went on sale like Thursday and it was like, you had two days to buy tickets essentially. And they didn't even last that long. Right. So I got the email. I'm like, fuck yeah, buying it. Went and saw them. Hands down, out of every stand-up special I've watched, out of every comic I've seen live, I've seen Anthony Jeselnik, I've seen Dave Chappelle, I've, sh- I've seen Dane Cook, I've seen Louis Black, I've seen so many fucking comedians, it's not even funny. Um, and I've seen specials for every comedian I can think of. Louis C.K.'s hour that he did at Hilarities back in like September or whatever, the funniest hour of stand-up comedy I've ever seen, no bullshit. It was Just so non-stop fucking laughing. funny, never stopped. He, he touched on every subject about the uh masturbation you know the, the 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 alleged scandal that he had he hit on every topic he cleared his name in my opinion for everything that happened he was so blunt and honest and it they're not crimes you don't want to watch him jack off you leave the room he even said like hey I, nobody had a fucking gun to your head i wasn't blocking the door if you want to walk out walk out i asked hey do you care <laughs> are you afraid that he's going to repeat the same set don't care i want to hear it again oh yeah some stuff i don't remember good so i like to think that within those within those months basically not to go into too much detail on it, but again, I'm a stand-up nerd. Um, big comics like that start off at small clubs to test, to test material. Yeah. Then they start to go to uh, theater tours, which is what this is, and that's where they, they start to hone everything. So this is going to be a real tighter hour that he's going to have, and then he's probably going to do an extra like half hour of like newer jokes to try to see how they work. And then uh, assuming his career trajectory keeps going up because he seems like he's getting allowed back in the, in the scene, you know, he'll start doing... Maybe just bigger theaters and then do a, a, an hour a special. special. Yeah. And this is going to be a majority of that special. And I, I hope this is it because it's so fucking good. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Very, I'm giddy. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, Saturday's going to be fun. Like, I, I can't wait to watch him. It's three hours. Gonna, yep. There's probably going to be one or two openers for him. Yep. And then him. And then once we leave there, it ends at 10.30. And then we'll come straight home or to a bar. Whoever, and, and, and watch we'll UFC. So it'll be, we should be ready to go right before. It should be a hell of a Saturday night. So, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Um. But yeah, that's going to just about do it. This is probably one of our longest episodes, but we had a lot so to talk about. So much to talk about. I mean, that. when you hire a new coach, we're, you know, we have to touch on everything. And I, I there's even things I we didn't even get to discuss. I want to talk about who we think are going to be the coordinators going yep. forward. The the rumors right now, people say that Steve Wilkes or um forgot the fucking guy's name. There's a guy from San Francisco. He's their uh, defensive backs coordinator. Uh, but he is being projected as somebody that we're possibly looking at. Joe Woods is his name. Yeah. Those are the two names right now for defensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator, right now there's nobody really linked. A lot of people, the smart money would be on Gary Kubiak and Gary Kubiak's son in some facet coming to work together here in Cleveland. Um, but we'll see. We didn't, know, even touch, we didn't even touch on Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, that's one of those things because it's off season. He's not on a team. Oh, I know. We could break. But I mean, there's I, other stuff that we could the, talk by about. By the next time we record, there's a good chance he kills himself because he's fucking lost it. So Another episode of How Did They Die? You heard it here first, everybody. We're going to get that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Antonio Brown went crazy. Uh, baby mama came over to pick up the kids. Cops came. He just filmed himself yelling at the cops, calling them fucking bitches and, you know, dropping a million N-bombs and just swearing at him. Mind you, right in front of his kids, right in front of his house, yeah. live on Instagram live, just holding his phone up, filming himself, making a fucking ass of himself to the police like an idiot. Yep. Guy's losing it. Yeah, he's done. Um, yeah, it's safe to say after that outburst, he'll never be in the NFL again. No. Um, but, hey, there's always the XFL. He can go team up with Chad Johnson. Pretty sure the XFL already came out and said we don't want Which you. I don't blame him. But Chad Johnson is trying out for an XFL kicker job, and I think that's fucking awesome. I hope, he, I hope gets he gets it. Because that will no doubt be the number one selling XFL jersey of all time. Absolutely. So, Good stuff. We got that going. But yeah, thank you, Kyle, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this, learned a little bit. And uh, I'd love to hear your guys' opinions on the 
anything we talked about, mostly obviously Kevin Stefanski. Uh, so far, most Browns fans I've talked to, against it. Only time will tell. But again, we have PTSD when it comes to coaching and, and Jimmy Haslam as an owner. So we'll see. Yep. All right, everybody. Talk to you later. Later.